Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. I cannot believe it's already two o'clock. This is what happens, Jared. When you have so much fun hosting a show, the time just flies. Um, I wanted to start this hour with a couple of updates for you. Some election news. Some of it you might think, why do I care? But it's good to know who's still in the race and who's not. And as I had mentioned before, Jared, and um, hearts are breaking all over the world today, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum suspends his 2024 presidential campaign. I'm going to tell you what I think about this. I don't think a lot of people are going to care. I don't think a lot of people know who this guy even is. I will say, though, from watching him in the debates, which I did watch the first debate live, can't say the same about the other ones, I found him quite charming. I found him to be a nice, not saying I'd vote for him for president, but it wouldn't pain me to vote for him for president. Like, if he if he were my option against Joe Biden, I would absolutely throw my support behind Dougie Doug Doug. He seemed like a decent, level-headed guy. And he wasn't really there to try to go viral. If he was, mission not accomplished, obviously. But every answer he gave made sense, which really does show you where we're at with the Democratic Party, where it's like, I was I was basically looking at everybody on the stage, maybe minus a few people and thinking, yeah, we we definitely be better off with this person. Like, even if it's not my first pick, every person on the stage was able to put together a sentence and able to find the stage without having someone walk them there holding their hand. And I like Doug Burgum. I thought he seemed out of all the people on the stage, he seemed like the most tolerable as far as having a conversation with. I don't think people vote anymore. Remember how it used to be like, which which guy or lady, which person would you want to have a beer with? That used to be like a test that people would ask. And now I just don't think pe- people now understand that likability doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get someone who knows what they're doing. But I would say likability wise, he, he kind of reminded me of like a George Bush. You know, he was just a regular guy. He's out, though. He's out. Now, someone who does not remind me of a likable regular guy would be Chris Christie. And I have an update for everyone on that front. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie. This is from CBS. I find myself reading a lot of CBS today. He's in danger of not appearing on Maine's primary ballot after he fell short of the minimum 2,000 signatures needed from Maine voters to qualify for the state's Republican presidential primary. Yeah, a letter from Maine's director of elections said Christie's campaign only submitted 844 names certified by registrars. Candidates had to file signatures with the municipal clerks for certification before submitting them to the secretary of state's office by 5 p.m. on Friday. So now he has five days to appeal the decision. But this seems a little sloppy. This seems like someone's going to get in trouble, which brings me to the story that I've been 
dying to, you know, Jared, sometimes I'll look at my stack in my office and I'm like, okay, this story is the biggest story of the day. But just because one story is the biggest doesn't mean that it pulls at my heartstrings. You know, it's always a random story that I go, ooh, that's going to be fun to talk about. This one involves Sheila Jackson Lee, who's quickly becoming one of the more memorable characters in Congress. I thank you, sir, for having that at the ready. Sheila Jackson <laughs> Sheila Jackson Lee, she, she was in the news recently because she's got quite a temper. She was very mad at one of her staffers, and she tore this person to shreds. He only sitting up there like a fat ass, just an idiot. Yeah, she called this person a stupid idiot, fat, all of the above. And she was just, she was very angry because this had something to do with her schedule. Like someone didn't schedule something or someone couldn't tell her what was on a program. I don't even know. It was something she was, it was something that any boss might be annoyed with, but not a lot of bosses would proceed to throw all of those aggressive uh, insults at a staffer or employee that they weren't happy with. Two damn big ass children. But you know what? Not everybody's Sheila Jackson Lee, okay? Not everybody has her same her same pizzazz. So I, I say all that because Sheila Jackson Lee is running for mayor of Houston. And somehow, somehow, this is how deranged voters are. Somehow, no candidate won a majority in the first round of voting, and now there'll be a runoff election. So Sheila Jackson Lee is still very much in this. Which boggles the mind in and of itself. Sheila Jackson Lee. So this is the commercial they put out. Sheila Jackson Lee would like to urge you to vote for her on election day, which according to her will be held on December 7th. Now that's not true. So she puts out this commercial and in the commercial, she talks about how you should vote for her on December 7th. The problem is the actual election day is December 9th. Missed it by that much. Now, that's a problem. That's a problem. Like, if you made a meme of that as a joke, you might end up in jail. But she made this commercial, and it somehow got past her staff. And the only thing I can say now, Jared, is prayers up for the staff of Sheila Jackson Lee. I would not want to be in the office today. Can you imagine the dressing, the dressing down? That is about to happen to those poor souls. Like, I, you know what? You can bring in, you might want to bring in coffee for everybody in the office today. You might want to figure out what her favorite, you know, flavor of iced coffee is or, or something. But good luck. Because I don't think that there's any way to, I don't think there's any way to avoid what's about to happen. Whatever you do, have the phone on speaker and record it on a device. <laughs> Yeah, be wired I, up. I am begging you, staff of Sheila Jackson Lee, record this and leak it to Daily Wire or somewhere. Not that it's going to do anything to the voters because nobody cares anymore. Like, this is how weird everything is. Things that used to end a candidate, they don't even cross voters' minds anymore. It's like, yeah, she calls people fat. She screams at people. Yeah, Amy Klobuchar uh, ate a salad with a comb just to stick it to one of her staffers. Yeah, whatever. What was the one about, um, and Jared, I always forget her name, which is not a good sign for her. The woman who's running against, oh, Katie Porter, she's running against Adam Schiff. She wants that Senate seat in California. She did something, too. Like, she's been known to be a bad boss. Yeah, she berated the staff. 
And I think she, something. I think she fired somebody over coming in with COVID. Yes, it's hard to keep all these bad boss stories straight. That's what it was. She fired somebody for coming in with COVID that caught COVID from her or something like that. We should do a March Madness of bad bosses. Like who's <laughs> going to come out on top? You know who would be on the list? Robert De Niro. Which brings us to another story that you know I've been saving away for this very moment. We talked the other day about how Robert De Niro was giving a speech. Okay, I'm going to say one thing: F- Trump. He was giving a speech at the Gotham Historical Icon and Creator Tribute Awards, which sounds dreadful right there. You've lost me, but sure. He's at this event and he realizes that someone in the someone in the production of this award ceremony has edited his teleprompter speech, probably to save him from embarrassing himself. Someone was trying someone was actually trying to do Robert De Niro a favor, which I'm sure he didn't deserve. And rather than just thank his lucky stars and say, you know what? I was going to slur my way through this. It wasn't going to be good. He was so angry that someone tried to stop him from giving an anti-Trump nonsense speech that really seemed almost at this point, it seemed a little cliche. Like it seemed like something out of 2017. But instead of just letting it go, he went on with this speech. Can we have just a little bit of it? I I just want to say one thing. The beginning of my speech was edited, cut out. I didn't know about it. And I want to read it. It was, thank you. History isn't history anymore. Truth is not truth. Even facts are being replaced by alternative facts and driven by conspiracy theories and ugliness. In Florida, young students are taught... Okay, okay, so you, you get the idea of the brilliant speech that... Luckily, Jared, it didn't matter that someone tried to delete it off the teleprompter. I think he had it written down. So he was able to go on with that. Bobby does not miss his lines. The second time listening to that, Jared, it really does sound Joe Namathy. Like, it sounds very Joe Namath. Can I guess you right now? The beginning of it. Not saying, not, not reading into that, just saying the way the words are coming out of his mouth sounds strange to me. With all that being said, I'm struggling. I was waiting for Donald Trump to respond. And here's the beautiful thing about a response from Donald Trump. There's some people that Trump will truth social about who probably consider it like a feather in their cap. They laugh at it. They go, whatever. He's nuts. But Robert De Niro hates Donald Trump. Like, he doesn't find any humor in this. He's lost all the joy in his life. So you know he's reading all of these things. And you know that he's getting himself worked up into such a rage over anything Donald Trump is saying. So Donald Trump puts out this truth social. It really made me laugh. He essentially, Jared, said the same thing we said when we first heard the speech, which is the dude should worry more about his own life, which seems to be in shambles at the moment rather than worrying about Donald Trump. But of course, you know, Grace Curley saying it, Jared Diglio saying it, it does not have the same kind of oomph as when Donald Trump takes to truth social to put it out there. I asked Trump because I was feeling greedy. I asked Trump if he would make us a message today. Let's take a listen. Robert De Niro, whose acting talents have greatly diminished with his reputation now shot, must even use a teleprompter for his Foul and disgusting language, so disrespectful to our country. He's become unwatchable both in movies and with the fools that destroyed the Academy Awards, bringing them from one of the top shows in the country 
to a low-rated afterthought. De Niro should focus on his life, which is a mess, rather than the lives of others. He has become a total loser as the world watches, waits, and laughs. I really appreciate the he should focus on his own life, which become a total mess. That is going to drive Robert De Niro insane. And so what I'm hoping for, I'm hoping for a little ping pong action. I'm hoping that Robert De Niro responds to the true social and this can be an ongoing thing because this is a battle that I am enjoying. Um, when we come back, we still have so much to get to. We have Joe Biden at the Kennedy Center Honors Awards or, or the, the ceremony before the awards. Very strange. He, he mentioned that Bill Crystal might run against him or, you know, might get the nomination. Did he think it was the other Bill Crystal? Did he realize it was the actor? Did he think he it was the, using air quotes here, conservative Bill Crystal? Yeah, it was Billy Crystal, not Bill Crystal. Yeah, I think he might have been, shocker, he might have been confused. We'll talk about that when we come back. But, you know, we are in December and we are heading into one of the most, one of my favorite days of the year, which is December 16th. It's Saturday and it's the National Wreaths Across America Day. You're going to see this on TV. It's a beautiful ceremony. And what it's meant to do is it's meant to honor those who currently serve, to remember our fallen heroes. And this is my favorite part, to teach the younger generations the value of their freedoms. A lot of people look at these younger generations, you know, whether it's in Philadelphia, you're seeing these these demonstrators attacking um, an Israeli falafel shop. There's just, there's a lot of madness out there. And it's easy to roll your eyes and say, oh God, what are we going to do? But we should all make an effort to teach people and to make people understand the value of their freedoms and what it means to live in this country. Otherwise, we're not really helping the situation either. And a $17 donation to Wreaths Across America sponsors a fresh handmade balsam wreath from Maine with a single red bow. The veterans wreaths have become a gift of America's respect. The circular wreath made with 10 balsam bouquets is a catalyst for unity, healing, and an expression of gratitude. So if you want to partake in this, it's really easy. Like I said, just a $17 donation can do so much. And, the supporters will gather to remember, honor, and teach at more than 4,000 participating locations. This is a beautiful, meaningful ceremony that you can be a huge part of. If you just go to wreathsacrossamerica.org, that's wreathsacrossamerica.org. Please donate now. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Welcome back, everyone, to The Grace Curley Show. I don't know if people have heard this, but there's been a shift at the Biden White House. They're constantly trying to figure out why people aren't getting it. You know, like, why aren't people understanding how great everything is? We can't make them understand how great their lives are. And for a long time, Jared, the the key to that, the answer that they thought they had was Bidenomics. Bidenomics all the way. Talk about Bidenomics. They, I mean, they branded it. They put it on the back of uh, the step and repeats that Joe Biden was speaking in front of. They hashtagged it. They, I'm sure they put it on merch somewhere. Not that I've ever seen anyone willingly wearing Joe Biden merch, but I bet if you Googled it, you could find it. And now, after all that, they have ditched the Bidenomics. 
they have finally caught on to the fact that reminding people who's responsible for this economy isn't the winning message they thought it was, which actually brings me to my poll question today. Before I get into some of the details from Axios, today's poll question is brought to you by Omaha Steaks. My mouth is watering every time I say this, Jared, because I am craving an Omaha steak right now. It is my favorite thing, especially as it gets chilly out, it gets raw outside and cold. The best thing ever is some red meat. But if you're not someone who's a steak crazy, they also have chicken, hot dogs, sides. Uh, Jared loves the scalloped potatoes. They have great desserts. They have everything you could possibly Pork want. Chops, salmon. Pork chops. There's there's something for everyone. So order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. It's also a great Christmas gift. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of the 50% off site wide, plus use promo code Grace at checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. I just sent that to my mother in law. I said promo code Grace. If you happen to send it to Grace, that's fine too. Uh, Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is where are you noticing inflation the most right now? Flights, gas, groceries, holiday shopping, or utilities? Okay, so I did buy flights recently. I'm going to visit, speaking of my in-laws, I'm going to visit my in-laws in January. And the flights were pretty expensive. For a domestic flight, I was kind of taken aback. I also have been noticing... The holiday shopping, you know, I'm buying a lot of stuff for people, gifts, you know, and it adds up. You you get things for everybody in your life. So that's where I've been. I'm going to say holiday shopping is where I've been noticing it right now the most. Holiday shopping still only at 2%, 84% for groceries, 9% for utilities, 4% for gas, and 1% for flights. Well, that's an even better reason to go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code GRACE because... You won't even have to go to the grocery store if you get this great deal. Um, Jared, let's play. This is a flashback for everyone just to remind you of how much the Biden White House was loving on Bidenomics at one point. This is Olivia Dalton. She's the White House principal deputy press secretary. This is cut one. Bidenomics, which is the word of the day, word of the week, word of the month, word of the year here at the White House. Oh, it was the word of the year. Jared, it was the word of the day, word of the week, word of the month, word of the year. Until it wasn't anymore, unfortunately. This is from Axios. House Democrats are ditching Bidenomics message. It's about flipping time. It only took you guys a couple of years to figure this out. It says why it matters. Democrats are going into the 2024 election divided on how to communicate about the economy at a time when most voters are dissatisfied with it. What's happening? House Democrat leadership stopped pushing the term months ago. That's not what I've been seeing. I've still been seeing a lot of people talking about the economy, including Joe Biden, talking about how he's reduced the deficit by $7 trillion. All these things, all these lies. I, I haven't seen any slowdown of this. I have seen this, though, and I read this. I think it was in the Washington Post that there's two different strategies that they're trying to decide on. They're trying to pick one when it comes to the economy. They're either deciding to pick Bidenomics, which is keep telling everyone that Biden's doing a great job, that everything's great, that they just don't understand, or blame Trump. Should we try to blame Trump for an economy that's occurring four years after he left? Three and a half, you know, however you want to slice it. Everybody's always blaming me for everything. For some reason, all the bad things Trump did with the economy only started bearing fruit when Joe Biden took over. Or should we just keep denying that anything's bad in the first place? Because once you decide one, Jared, you can't really go to the other. You know, if, it, if the economy's so great, 
and you blame Trump, it's like, what are you blaming him for? This great economy? It's not going to work. Like everything else in this administration, it's not going to work. We'll be right back. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. As I'm sure a lot of my listeners have been following, a lot of conservatives and also just people familiar with the conflicts in the Middle East are slamming the Biden administration for what they see as a weak approach to what's happening uh, with Iran. It says here on Fox, Biden administration slammed for being too weak as Iranian proxies continue to attack U.S. forces. Um, there's been several different um, attacks over the last few weeks. And this was from the Daily Mail. It says, former U.S. ambassador Iran will attack U.S. forces unless Biden administration gets tough and strikes back against rogue nations clerics who are funding Houthi assaults. Now, there's a lot of different um, opinions on this, like as far as how aggressive Biden should be. But one thing that I've heard uh, multiple times as I watch these morning shows, and oftentimes I'll watch Fox and Friends or on Newsmax, and a lot of people who are familiar with this conflict, which I don't pretend to be an expert on, they do say that the only thing Iran responds to is aggression. Like, you can't be weak in the face of Iran. They will not, they will, um, they will take advantage of that. So now the White House is having a press conference and Jake Sullivan, who's the national security advisor, is reporting that some ships that have been attacked don't have ties to Iran um, and that weapons are being supplied by Iran. Don't have ties to Israel. In our oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't have ties to Israel. I misspoke there. Um, but the weapons are being supplied by Iran. So we will they told the State Department that because they don't seem to understand. They're not that. operating like that. They're still sitting here going, Sam, can we give them the six billion dollars yet? We'd really like to get rid of this six billion dollars. Eight, four, four, five hundred, forty two, forty two. I wanted to read here just uh, another story about these Hunter Biden bank records, because, you know, we reported on this earlier. It takes people a little while to kind of put it all in context for us. But luckily, at the Federalist, they're pretty on top of this. This says bank records show monthly payments from Hunter Biden to Joe. The House Oversight Committee has obtained financial documents outlining monthly transfers from Hunter Biden to his father, President Joe Biden, or as we like to call him here, the big guy. On Monday, GOP House Oversight Chairman James Comer announced a discovery of subpoenaed bank records revealing monthly payments of $1,380 directly to Joe Biden from Owasco, PC, a corporate enterprise owned by Hunter Biden. He's a man. He has so many enterprises, Jared. So many businesses, so many ventures, so many projects. Owasco has been documented receiving payments from Biden business associate Rob Walker's company, as well as a deposit from Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC. Payments from Owasco to Joe began on September 15, 2018, according to a copy of the monthly transfer authorization agreement reviewed by the Federalist. While the form does not list an end date, the Daily Mail has reported that additional transfers occurred in October and November of 2018. The documents offer House investigators the latest evidence of direct money transfers to the president from his son, who capitalized on the family name in a global influence peddling operation. They also contradict a memo from Hunter Biden's legal team last month featured in The Washington Post. 
This is what the first son's lawyer wrote in that memo. There is not a single financial transaction between President Biden and his son related to or involving any of Hunter Biden's business ventures. That is false. Or private commercial dealings. Would you care to revise that statement, sir? Hunter Biden's lawyer, Hunter Biden's very expensive lawyers. Do you guys want to rethink that? I'm sure the Washington Post would be more than happy to run a correction for you. They do it all the time. It's nothing new. They do it all the time and nobody pays attention to them. You know, you got the main message out. That's what's important. This is pretty interesting, though, Jared, because last week I was reading a story And it was in Politico and it was all about and if I ever stumble upon anything in Politico, it's usually by mistake. But it was all about the new strategy from Hunter Biden, like his team was going to go on the offense. They were not going to sit back and be on defense anymore. They were going to be more aggressive. That's why he's like counter suing all these people. He's countersuing John Paul McIsaac, the, the laptop repair shop owner. He's countersuing the IRS. He's countersuing. He's big on this. You can't fire me. I quit. You want to sue me? I'm going to sue you. How do you like it? And with this latest bit of information, I'm wondering if the aggressive strategy is going to be rethought. Like maybe if they're going to sit around and go, guys, operation go full out with this, go very aggressive, we might have to change change our avenue here. It says financial records reviewed by the House Oversight Committee to date showed the Biden family directed money through more than 20 shell companies. My first question there is to my producer, Jared, which is how many shell companies do you have? And I know it's hard. We're throwing this at you. I did not prepare you for this. You might have to look through some of your your bank records, but off the top of your head, how many shell companies do you currently have? I mean, I try to cap it around six. You know, you don't want to call too much attention to you, the problem. Yeah, and you just, you don't want to burden yourself, you know what I mean, with like keeping track of all of them. It's a lot of work to have all these shell you companies. You can only own so many almond orchards, you know? For me, personally, just speaking from personal experience, I have zero shell companies that I know of. You know, unless there are any out there unbeknownst to me, I have zero. Hunter or the Biden family, because they're, you know, they're all about family, family traditions. Their family traditions of going to St. Croix in the wintertime around New Year's. Their family traditions of going on these bike rides, of staying in the homes of billionaires, staying in the multi-million dollar mansions in Nantucket of billionaire hedge fund guys. They have so many traditions. And shell companies fall under that category. It's just a Biden family tradition. Most of which, most of these shell companies, were established while Joe was vice president. The Biden family was found to have raked in upwards of $20 million from foreign oligarchs in China, Russia, and Kazakhstan. Now, again, just so we understand here, Jared, so we understand where we're both coming from. How much money would you say you've raked in from foreign oligarchs? Again, ballpark it. We're just asking for a ballpark. Uh, ballpark is I'm not successful with my shell companies, so I get a big old zero. Oh, the sick shell companies. Yeah. They're just they're just empty shells, huh? Yeah. Although President Biden repeatedly denied ever speaking business with his son during the run up to the 2020 election, the president appears to have met or spoken with family clients numerous times. That's what Dan Goldman, who still, by the way, doesn't believe the Hunter Biden laptop is real. He 
In fact, he thinks the New York Post and Rudy Giuliani and other people sat around and concocted, like created the Hunter Biden laptop, even though all of these other left leaning publications have finally come to the conclusion that they can authenticate the laptop. It's still not enough for Dan Goldman, who is a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist and thinks that it was created by the New York Post. And he also thinks, because if you're going to be a conspiracy theorist, you might as well go all the way. He also thinks that Joe Biden called in to all of these meetings that Hunter was having to talk about the weather with these people. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. Can you believe the rain we're getting? When do you think this fog's going to clear out? That's what Dan Goldman, congressman from New York who I, I believe was like heading up before he became a congressman. He was like the head lawyer for the impeachment uh, for the, was it impeachment one or two? I can't remember. But this is a guy who we're told is really smart. Like he's a bright dude, right? Silver spoon. Very, I'm sure he went to Ivy League schools and comes from a lot of money. And he wants you to believe he's so smart that he thinks you're so dumb. And he wants you to believe that Joe Biden they're raking in $20 million. He's sitting around calling into these places to talk about the weather. And I believe the other word he used was niceties. Yeah, boy, it's really raining out there. You know, in Delaware, we'd say it's raining pennies, but really it's raining $20 million. <laughs> House Republicans launched an official impeachment inquiry in September into the Biden family's influence peddling schemes. In November, they issued formal subpoenas directly to several members of the Biden family. Hunter Biden's attorneys insisted last week that their client would be available to testify before House lawmakers, but only in a public forum. And of course, as we reported on last week and we talked about with you, Comer said no. And I think that was the right move. Comer's like, you know what? No, you've called the shots for a long time, Mr. Shell Company. You've called the, the shots for a long time, Mr. Artiste, Mr. Concentric Circles on the Ink Straw, whatever, motel artwork, man. 500K for a canvas with ink splattered on it. You've called the shots long enough. I think you can answer to us now. I don't think you get to decide when and where and in which kind of way you're going to be subpoenaed. Because last time I checked, it doesn't work that way for Republicans. Republicans don't get to say, well, I'll talk to you, but only if Hunter Biden thinks he's like a celebrity writing up a writer to perform at Madison Square Garden. I'll show up, but I'm going to need six bottles of of Dasani water and... All the green M&Ms picked out of the bowl. And then maybe I'll talk to you. No. Nope. Like that old Geico commercial. That's not how any of this works, Hunter. That's not how subpoenas work, man. By the way, one other thing I wanted to throw in, Jared. There was a lot of good cuts today. Uh, I'll throw in two more things. The first one is the White House. Or to be more specific, um, who is this woman from the White House? The White House budget director, Shalanda Young, she is reporting or warning, I should say, she's warning that U.S. funds for Ukraine will run dry by the end of the year. That's a Christmas miracle. The White House is seeking $61 billion more for Ukraine aid in the latest, um, even as bipartisan support fades. 
So this is what she said. There is no magical pot of funding available to meet this moment. That's that is such if you ever see someone talking about meeting the moment, run in the other direction. That is such a sign that you are being scammed or that someone's lying to you. And we just really hope we meet the moment. I'm seeing that a lot more now. And it always raises major antennas for me. She says we are out of money and nearly out of time. But I love how she says, there's no magical pot of funding available to me at the moment. You know what I would respond back to Shalanda? I think you guys will figure it out. I have a feeling. I have a hunch that you guys will find it. <laughs> there's no magical pot of funding. Want to bet? Want to bet you will find the money you always do. When push comes to shove, you manage to find money all the time. With our wallets, you'll find it somewhere. I have faith in you. Eight four four five hundred forty two forty two. It's maybe, just ridiculous. Maybe Zelensky's friends could sell their yachts to help fund the uh, the war. Absolutely. You saw that one, right? Y- yes, but give people a little bit. So, all right. So apparently, um, through two, not really shell companies, but through two oligarch friends of Vladimir Zelensky, has apparently bought two yachts on our dime. In addition to the shopping spree that his wife took in Paris. Merry, merry, merry Christmas. And to think I'm only buying one yacht this year. Some of us have to cut back, Jared. Some of us have had to sacrifice. You are doing your part. Well, you know what? Three years ago, you sat on the couch to do your part for 15 days, and now you're only buying one yacht to do your part. I hope the guy who bought two yachts was at this climate summit, because everybody else there had yachts and planes. I doubt that he was there. And I, speaking of that, Jared, before we go to break here, can we play one more? Because I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say anything about this cut. I'm going to play it. And then I'm going to, if Jared wants to, if he wants to say something about it, it's just one of these cuts where when I heard it, I thought this is something where Jared will either bite his tongue or he might have to respond to this. This is Hillary Clinton at the Climate Summit Cut 3. We're seeing uh, and beginning to pay attention and to count and record uh, the deaths that are related to climate and by far the biggest killer is extreme heat. I mean, even in Europe last summer, which uh, has the ability to count and figure out. Hillary Clinton is talking about climate-related deaths. She's the serpent who guards the gates of hell. 62 climate related deaths. There we go. I didn't say I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Let the record show. It was Jerry. All that heat is over people who worked in Arkansas in the 70s. It's weird. Okay, everyone, we come back. We're going to talk to Taylor Cormier for the car crossover. But first, Jared, we got to talk to people about Omaha Steaks because these are you're really getting a twofer here. If you're sending these to someone you're you're helping them not have to go to the grocery store, which if you've been to the grocery store, I mean, that is a gift in and of itself. But the other thing is you're giving someone a gift they're going to remember. They're going to every time they go into their freezer, every time they pull out a steak, they pull out a hamburger, they pull out a, a beef frank or an apple tartlet. They're going to go, oh, my gosh, what a thoughtful gift. This was really cool. This really went to good use. This isn't sitting in a box in my hallway with a gift receipt on it that I'm never going to bring back, but I'm also never going to use, and it's just going to get moved around. This is something 
that we can actually enjoy. And that's what Christmas is all about. So the holidays are here and Omaha Steaks can take the guesswork out of gifting. If you have someone in your life who's kind of hard to shop for, you think, well, they have everything. What else do they need? This is what they need. Everybody needs a delicious Omaha steak in their life. And there are so many options. Right now, you can save 50% off site-wide. Plus, when you use promo code GRACE at checkout, you're getting an additional $30 off. Now, Jared, the, the thing I love about Omaha steaks, there's so many things. But one of them is... It works for everyone. So, for example, I'm a huge red meat eater. I love burgers and steaks. But some people, they go more towards the chicken, the pork chops. There's there's so many options. There's so many roads you can go. Yeah, I would say definitely try the hot dogs, the beef franks. They're the best hot dogs that I've had in my life. So when you're putting together this and a 50% off, it's a great time to try stuff that you wouldn't necessarily have thought about or you're not so sure about because, really, you're getting it half off. So... Why not try it, you know? Give it a shot. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. I also want to encourage people, when you get your Omaha Steaks, tweet at me, send me a text, tell me what you're making, tell me like some recipe you're trying so I can share it with the listeners because that's always one of my favorite parts about this time of year is that people get their package of Omaha Steaks and they finally understand what we're talking about. So go to omahasteaks.com. You're going to go to omahasteaks.com, take advantage of the 50% off site-wide. Then before you exit out, before you check out, put in promo code GRACE. Watch that number decrease even more. You're going to get an extra $30 off your order. Minimum order may be required. One more time, that's omahasteaks.com. Do not forget that promo code GRACE if you know it's good for you. We will be right back with more. Follow GRACE on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. Today's car crossover is brought to you by Toyota of Portsmouth, where you can enjoy a buying experience that is easy, personalized, and moves at your own pace. I was at Toyota of Portsmouth a couple weeks ago. I love everybody there. Brad, Mark, Jim Boyle, they're all just uh, great people. They'll help you out. And it's car buying or leasing the way you want it to be. Toyota of Portsmouth, Route 1 in Portsmouth. Joining us now is Taylor Cormier. And Taylor, you were telling me today mm-hmm. about what you're thinking of doing for your poll question. And it's a very interesting story that you were relaying. So there is a study that has come out that says, I think somewhere around 34% of college applicants have lied on their applications and they do so through professional means. There are consulting services, not Awaska, but uh, <laughs> there are consulting firms that will coach you through your applications process. People pay big bucks for this, and they will you know, lay out your resume, your application, and how you should respond to certain things, and they'll even rewrite your, your college essay if it's needed, and they'll... Coach, coach you on what to say in the interview process. But what's a lie? Like, what's considered a lie? One of the big ones is your ethnicity. Lying about your ethnicity. And they encourage that. They don't discourage it. <laughs> okay. So that's that's one of the big ones. So the poll question today is going to be related to that. Wait, so are people lying and saying they're white because they want white privilege? I don't think so. I don't think 
you get too many places by putting Caucasian down on your application oh, these days. You wouldn't know that based mm. off everything we're reading nowadays. That's right. Taylor Cormier has got a great show coming up for you next. You're not going to go want to go anywhere. I'll be back tomorrow with more. Thank you all so much for listening.